follow us on social media. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the tag team podcast. On Twitter, at tag team podcast. On Google Plus, the tag team podcast. Email us, at the tag team podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail on the tagline. 6016544 tag that's 6016544824 you can also listen on soundcloud by searching the tag team podcast you're listening to the tag team podcast the podcast that is a wwe network companion currently covering 1984 wwf tuesday night titans and now here are your tag team podcast hosts jeff jones and john burke Mela Kihikiwaka is the thing to say if today was July 25th, but it's not. It is not, but hey, we're here. We are. We're back after one week hiatus. We are back, and hopefully no more hiatuses. Yeah, until we finish out the season, and we're going to take a nice sabbatical and bank it up. Definitely. Get a little format, get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It'll be good. Anything going on today with you? Nothing I can discuss on air. Just normal, no. normal work stuff, you know, the good stuff. Stay tuned, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, for me, I decided to invest in a gazebo. Cool. Is that going near the go-kart track? Is that like the watch grandstand for it? It is not. It is away from the go-kart track, a place where you can relax and not get smacked with mud and all that good stuff. It's actually a little party gazebo. It's not the wooden gazebo. Look, everybody sees gazebo and it's a wood structure. No, no, no. Not this guy. It's not where... Lincoln held his debates at or anything like that? Correct. Exactly. Correct. No, definitely not. This is jacuzzi. TV's going in there soon. Um, Pool table. Maybe a pool table. I think we'd probably get away with that. Sweet. It's big enough. That's for sure. I'll look for the invite. Oh, it is BYOB. So, (laughs) heads up. We got it and we finally got it set up after days of painstaking, trying to figure out how to get everything together. And it's fun. It's a fun project. If you want to be divorced, it's great. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Yes, definitely. But once we got it up, you know, just like anything else, you discover a lot of stuff that you can do extra to it. Oh, I want to add this here. Oh, we can do this there. Mm, that's just just in your head. You don't really want to do it once you figure it out. But we're going to put up some solar lights. I might get some solar panels. Harbor Freight has a good deal on some solar panels. Put some like a power bank, like a big generator. Power bank, that's what I want to call it. And where you can plug in regular 120s and 110s. And plug up a, maybe a little mini fridge or something out there to keep the drinks cool. But something just to bring out the social part in me, I guess. Something. Are you ready Football season is a coming. We got a sports no talk about Claus here, so <laughs> can't really say. And that's usually an inside sport anyway, I believe. So no TVs. You can watch that outside until December and sometimes even then. Just depends. Well it does have the bug netting that you can close it off. Um, it doesn't have a people netting yet, but I'm working on that. <laughs> But it's a work in progress. I'm pretty happy with cool, it. Cool. So far, it's stayed up with all the wind and the weather. It hasn't blown off into the neighbor's yard yet, so I'm happy. Yeah, it's a good tester. That's been my week. Nothing crazy. You win the productivity award. Uh, I got it for the year. Oh, that was a, <laughs> it was a pain. <laughs> so much trying to get that thing together. Trust me. Not much help either. But it was fun. It was fun overall. I would recommend that to anybody. When I get one, I'll let you know so you can come over and assemble it. I got this. Eyes closed. We got it. <laughs> 
Ain't no problem. No problem at all. That's it. I wish I had more to talk about. Maybe next week we can do something creative. Expectations have been set. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, on that note, you want to do some recapping of episode 13? Let's recap. Previously on the Tag Team Podcast. Tuesday Night Titans, episode 13. We have Vince McMahon and Lord Alfred Hayes opening up the show as usual. And Alfred Hayes is referenced as the Ghostbusters. And Vince McMahon guarantees that we will not see any ghosts on TNT. But the people that showed up, some were dead, technically. There was ghosts. We recap Sergeant Slaughter training his Cobra Corp. And then we move on to Sergeant Slaughter joining the TNT set. And he talks about how the core is for the elite only. And the location is undisclosed. And he does appreciate people sending in letters wanting to join up to be in the actual Cobra Corp cell. Next, we move to a match where Sergeant Slaughter versus Charlie Fulton. And we see Sergeant Slaughter makes the win. Next is not the most awesome segment of episode 13. We have our first 1980s Magic Mike scene of Brutus Beefcake strip teasing for some women. Moving on, <laughs> we have Brutus Beefcake and Johnny Valiant joining the TNT set. And most of the time when Johnny was talking, I, we didn't really have any idea what he was talking about. And knowing Beefcake from what we know now, I don't think you really need Valiant as a mouthpiece. Seems like he could have did his own talking. Cut to a match with Brutus Beefcake versus Tony Gurria. Uh, it was a decent match all around. Tony definitely gave him a run for his money. Wasn't one of those jobbers. Next, we run to Big John Stud versus SD Jones. And we see that SD Jones tries to go for the 15000 for trying to body slam Big John Stud. Next, we move to the advice to the lovelorn with Johnny Valiant. Now, these are always interesting. So please do watch the episode to get some love life tips. Next, we have Junkyard Dog joining the set. And we learn that he grew up actually out of North Carolina and that he grew up on yams, collard greens, chicken and chitlins. After that, we go to a match of JYD versus Paul Vachon, and we see JYD with the win. And pretty much the rest of the segment that we got to see was Vince McMahon, our Lord Alfred Hayes, and JYD eating some awesome barbecue. And that, in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen, was episode 13. So episode 14, November 13th, 1984, was not on YouTube that I could find, so sorry about that. But you'll have to get the network, 999. Hi, I am Bosley and I am here with Hulk Hogan. Hulk, thanks for being part of this promo for the new Tag Team Podcast Shop campaign. Sure, no problem. For each shirt or item sold, a portion goes to the Tag Team Podcast to help fund the web bandwidth cost. We have shirts starting at $24.49. Wow, that's unbelievable. If we sold all those shirts, where's my percentage? Hulk, you don't get a percentage. Some of the money goes to the Tag Team Podcast since they are their shirts. Those are my shirts. I've got a right to sell them. Do you want to cash me outside how about that? That's not what I want. Look, man, I made a mistake. I apologize. I was a real horse's ass. That's what I thought. To visit the Tag Team Pod Shop, go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash the Tag Team Pod Shop, all one word, or click on the link in the description of this podcast or on the side of the web page. Do it, brother. I guess I blew that one. It's okay, Hulk. Our listening audience are used to it. That's for damn sure. We had a very ugly incident. That's open hand slap, huh? Damn, come back. We're gonna cut you. He's all right. He's just sleeping. 
right, ladies and gentlemen. I had a new idea. And John, have you ever wondered what happens outside of wrestling? I mean, sometimes, I guess. There's things outside of wrestling. I was thinking about it, and I know we see the art of wrestling in the ring. As today's wrestling, you know, more podcasts are created, more shoot interviews are made. The, the stories that you hear and some people don't hear very intriguing and it kind of makes you wonder what really happens during some of those things especially me being born in 84 and anybody beyond those days wouldn't really get to know about the stuff because we didn't have twitter back then we sure as heck didn't have facebook we didn't have all these technology investments that we do now so i wanted to make a little segment entitled incidents that happen outside of wrestling and i just want to go through and pick just a couple of major incidents that i think that are very interesting to me to know and you can sort Sort of get to know the wrestler or the other people from the, another angle as they've seen it. And from my first incident, I picked out the Richard Munch Belzer incident. Now, for those of you who do not know, Richard Belzer was a successful stand-up comic. He did manage uh, to wrangle his own talk show in New York in 1985. The future. Also, besides stand-up. He was a film actor. He did have a couple of small roles in Night Shift and Scarface. And also he was on the radio. He was a featured player on the National Lampoon's Radio Hour with co-stars John Belushi, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, and among others. And on TV, y'all might know him as one of the main people on Law & Order Special Victims Unit, or SVU, for training a police detective, John Munch. But that was a little background for you guys. And this incident happened during the build-up of the first WrestleMania. Belzer spent the first part of the show running down, wrestling as fake, and just taking pot shots at Hogan and Mr. T. And Hogan was rather angry, to say the least, that he came on and Belzer kept asking Hogan to show him just some basic moves. You know, show me what it's like. Show him that it's not fake. Because back then, it was all about protect the band, protect the business. That was it. That was key. Because you had to keep it real. So nobody really knew knew it was fake or nobody would buy it nobody would come to it it's keeping it real so hulk used a front face lock and proceeded to keep belzer in the hold longer than needed and pretty much the front face lock the move was blocking belzer's windpipe so he held it until mr t said yeah let him go that was pretty much it hulk said mr t you let me know when you want me to let him go well eventually belzer couldn't breathe and he went limp right there in hogan's arms hogan then let go and belzer landed on his head on the hard stage floor and we see Hogan picking Belzer up and his head had cracked open from the back. He was bleeding from the back of his head down to his suit. When Belzer did finally come to from the incident, he looked at the camera and said, we'll be right back after a word from you know who. And it was stated in one of the documentaries from Belzer that whenever he come to, he still didn't know where he was. He didn't know who he was. And what he said to the camera was just instinct on where he'd been in the television business for so long. At the end of the whole incident, Belzer proceeded to sue Hulk Hogan and the WWF for $5 million, which was eventually settled out of court. And on our Facebook page, we will link you the actual YouTube video of the incident. Not for the screamish or the faint of heart. It was interesting for YouTube. I guess that time in history back in the 80s you didn't really see that too terribly much from what we thought would be live TV because he had late night show and comment 
and let me know what you thought about the incident. We're going to do some recapping. November 13th, 1984. Let's cap. Do it. Vince McMahon, Lord Alfred Hayes, open the show. you remember what they were comparing to this week? I believe it was a turkey. I believe it was as well. Close to Thanksgiving. Yes. Unfortunately, they got rid of the one pumpkin they had on the set from the week prior. I mean, come on. One pumpkin. You could have used it again. It's not like you had any other Halloween decorations last episode. I don't think they did anything for Halloween decorations. No, they just had that one pumpkin on the coffee table. That was it. And then they took that away for Thanksgiving. Maybe they're going to make pumpkin pie. I guess. First up, we have Loudmouth Captain Lou Albano. He's slowly becoming my least favorite guest. I just find him annoying, <laughs> which I know that's his role, but man, it's just really, I don't know. Unfortunately, he learned nothing from Johnny V and started spitting out the WWWF count, and I got it up to five. He didn't break any records with six like Johnny V did, but he did get up to five. I got five as well. Even though this is like the third time he's been on the show and he's never done it before, but now all of a sudden he's doing it. I don't know. I like how he spoke of the spooler. I believe he's going to start managing the spooler now, and that the spooler is 6'4", 200 plus pounds, and now see, this is what I like. A reason somebody uses the claw. He explains it, and I'm glad somebody finally explained what the claw, <laughs> finally. You see, ladies and gentlemen, Captain Lou would make spoiler squeeze this rubber ball until he could completely close his hand, which increases the effectiveness of you closing your hand. More pounds per square inch. Once he could squeeze his hand on that ball, he would add more rubber to it to make it thicker. Now, this is a genius idea because it actually makes the claw finisher more effective in him being so tall and with that 709 pounds of pressure per square inch, devastating. Yep. Love it. I love the explanation for it. Lou, you're a genius. They'll also mention he has an IQ of 901.73. Couldn't say it better myself. Lou's okay in my book. So this leads us into our first match. It's Captain Lou with the spoiler. There's Nick DiCarlo. Trivia? Do you remember the last time we saw Nick DiCarlo? <sighs> oh... Nick DiCarlo. Last time we seen him. I think it was episode 10. I don't have that. You might be right, but I'm going with what I do have. Black Saturday tag teaming with SDJ and had to tag himself in. Let's hope he learned something. <laughs> well, he's in singles now, so I guess he, he did. did. <laughs> yeah, he did. If I want to wrestle, I need to go singles. That's right. <laughs> We're going out to Maple Leaf Wrestling with Jack Reynolds and Angelo Moscow. And there seems to be a little bit of a theme on this one. It's called Take the Mic from the Announcer episode. Before the match even starts, Greg the Hammer Valentine comes out and grabs the mic, cuts a promo, and Captain Lou joins in. Because, hey, who needs a spoiler? This guy's the champ. I'm going to go ahead and talk on his promo. And spoiler's just left in the ring. Kind of rude, I thought. Yeah, way to become a good manager. Sorry. Uh, see ya. I got my other guy over here. We got the champion over here. Who's this guy? I like <laughs> as it, once the match started. I believe it was Jack Reynolds, if I'm not mistaken. He was talking about the spoiler and his athleticism and his body. And he says, look at the calves on that man. And he's wearing tights. You couldn't see anything anyway. I rewound just to see it. I don't know what the hell he was talking about. Maybe he has x-ray vision. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe he's looking at someone in the audience. That could be the truth. But obviously the spoiler is going to win with the claw. Spoiler? Yeah. Yeah, the highlights were few and far between, but we did get a sweet gift that we're going to throw up on Facebook for this match. <laughs> Other than that, there wasn't really a lot to this match. It was all one-sidedness. I think if Nick would have wrestled the spoiler instead of himself, I think we'd... <laughs> I think it, the outcome would have come just a little bit better. Possibility. But I did notice with this match, it's 
seemed like the quality of the video and was a little better than previous matches to me anyway. It's the Canadian technology. Yeah. <laughs> You got the good equipment up there in Maple Leaf Wrestling. Apparently so. That's why Vince had to buy it. I'd buy it too. I believe, maybe I'm wrong, was Hillbilly Jim present for this one as well? I don't think Hillbilly Jim was present for this one. If he was, they didn't point him out. I think it was some matches on down the line where they actually spotted him. Okay. I think it's the next match. It's crazy how many times he's showing up. In Canada too. What's going on with it? I didn't know they had Hillbillies. I guess everywhere does. Oh, Hillbillies. But moving on from there, we go back to the TNT set and Vince introduces Barry Wyndham to the TNT studios. And Captain Lou pulls a Dick Murdoch and Adrian Adonis and stays on the stage. What is it he has in his pants on his stomach? Some listeners may find the following clip disturbing. Parental discretion is advised. Is that a leaf from the plant? Yeah, it was a leaf. Sorry. Yes, he had something in his pants. I didn't know where you're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> Never fear. I'll put a spoiler alert somewhere. Yeah, I don't know why he had that there all of a sudden. It made no sense, but whatever. So from the interview, or from what I got, that we learned that Barry has worked harder than any other wrestler and always gives 110% at all times. That's all I could really get because of Lou Albano's abrupt interruption about every other sentence. Yes, he talks over most of the interview. It's very annoying, which is what he's there to do, I guess, and he does it well. He does it very well. So did you get anything on the interview? Nope, that was basically it. Barry Wyndham. Lou talks over most of the interview. All right, so let's move into the <laughs> Barry Wyndham versus Charlie Fulton match. Fulton's back, and this time he's going to lose again like he did last week. Guess who's in the crowd? Hillbilly Jim. Hillbilly Jim is back, and he is in the crowd. Should have done a run-in to save Fulton. <laughs> Yes, something. <laughs> and the commentator says that Fulton has a good test for the young and upcoming wrestlers, a.k.a. Jobber. Good old McMahon and Bruno San Martino. Do have one clip from the match. You know, a lot of people six feet six or thereabouts, they are, I don't want to use the word clumsy, but they, they, they don't have that finesse of a, of a, of a shorter person. Uh, this guy here, Wyndham, he, he moves so quickly, cat-like. He is so well-coordinated. It's a terrific balance. He's got all the making of really a truly, truly great wrestler, and he is. So if you're 5'8", like my son, you have total balance and control. You're not clumsy at all. Or if you're 5'10", like me, just thought that was a nice stig. Uh, hey, these tall guys aren't all that. Check out us short guys. Yeah. Like that Vince. <laughs> yeah, Fulton did get a little bit of offense, and they did throw him a little bit of a bone. Not too much. It's pretty much a, hey, look at me. Got a little being a stepping stone. I didn't really have too much on this match other than just the finish. Yeah, running Bulldog. And then we cut to the studio where Vince attempts to keep on giving the interview and he finally gets tired of Lou Albano interrupting and says, Lou, do you have any advice that you can give this young gentleman? And Lou says, watch your cobs. Make sure you watch all the matches. Even if you ain't in the match, you need to watch it anyway. Oh yeah, keep your waist low. He knows. Referring to keep his weight under to see who the voice is coming from. Better pay attention. Do as he says, not as he does. True. Next up, we have Mike Rotundo. Or IR. Or Bray Wyatt's daddy. Yes. And Bo Dallas. Interesting. I wonder why he never grew a beard. He's just a clean cut guy. Yep. He was even on BK Wall Street in WCW with Marlena managing him. Still clean shaved. Yep. Still clean shaved. Clean shaven. Mike for And he was in Varsity Club with Kevin Sullivan. Ooh. He's just wrestling all around now. Yeah. He had many of uh, different stables. And to tack on to what John said, we do learn that he come from doing football. That was his main thing. And then he did wrestling. 
Wilson. And I believe also he batted over 400 in baseball. And he is currently working as a tag team with Barry Windham. And they've held the Caribbean tag titles along with the regional tag titles. In match number three, we see Mohamed Saad. And as I like to nickname him, the grand prize winner. Because to me, it looks like they picked him out of the audience and said, hey, you want to wrestle in this? Bobby Bass. Mr. Bass. And his gold gem t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get up there. Can you give my wife some t-shirts? <laughs> I got a nice screen cap of him. Look for that mm. on Facebook. Tell me he doesn't look like a fan versus a wrestler. Oh, he's definitely a fan. He, he was promoted to fan, if anything, after that match. <laughs> I believe on there that we had the same announcers, right? As before, Jack Reynolds and Angelo Moscow. The first match from that one, yeah. They went back to Maple Leaf Wrestling and it's Jack and Angelo. Apparently their gimmick back then was, hey, if you're from Texas and hey, you're from New York, you're on a tag team together. Congratulations. The odd couple, right? Dick and Adrian Adonis 2.0. Sweet water, Texas. Of course, the ladies go crazy. Of course. Total dream boats for the 80s, I guess. I don't know. They're no Midnight Express, but we'll let them get away. <laughs> <laughs> For this match, fast action. Seemed like it was really quick. Really good tags. Tag in, tag out. And Mike and Barry get the victory. Yeah, running bulldog again. And then we got to get a gift of this. Mike with the scare down to Bobby Bass. He was about <laughs> oh, to yeah. break up the, the count. <laughs> Mike Rotundo just looked at it. He was like, oh, never mind. Sorry, Muhammad. You got this. That's why you don't get an audience member to come <laughs> into the match. You can't let him intimidate you. Yeah, that was crazy. Worst tag moment ever. <laughs> Well, second worst tag moment. To Carla. I had that guess. But it was a good match overall. I was I could sit through it without having to count tiles or anything. So it was good to see ORS and Barry Windham. Yeah, they were a pretty good team, despite their greenness to the business at the time. Oh, yeah. Next up, we go back on set. They ask Mike and Barry, and of course Lou's still there, to talk about their accomplishments and their tag ranks. And then found out that Lou's an advisor. We finally find out what his role was with Dick Murdoch and Adrian O'Donnell. He's just an advisor, not a manager. But as of late, his advice has been snubbed. And Mike and Barry say they'd probably snub him also. So they talked about when they were in the Caribbean and teaming up down there as some of their accomplishments. Just listen, I know about tag team combinations. I had 14 tag team champions. They want to tell me, these young punks want to come out here and tell me about Caribbean. Three islands of the Caribbean, Aruba, Curacao, and Mickey Mouse. They want to tell me about the... I'm talking about world championships. Now, you young fellas have got the talent. And I believe you got it up here, if you'd listen to a little advice. I believe that some of his teams were in the tournaments that uh, we ran in the Caribbean. Yeah, and they we defeated them. Yeah, you they did? Yes. No Fabulous. <laughs> Take that, Lou. I really think Lou's downfalls when he put the chair through one of the smallest heads. I think it's down from there. I think he'll redeem himself maybe next season. We'll see. We'll keep an eye out for it. Definitely. And next up, we go back to the ring. It's the evil Russian versus Rocky's dad. What do you mean the evil Russian? It is our first. Oh, the nice, cool communist guy and the evil Rocky Maivia's dad. Yeah. Rocky Johnson. Evil Rocky. And it's our first chip. There was no singing. I was not very happy. Nope, they cut off that part and they said they spared us, but did they really? Or were they just jealous? I mean, he's no Vashon, but he's pretty close. Yeah, I would put him right up there. Oh, for sure. We got Maple Leaf Wrestling again with Jack and Angelo. Seem to be the new tag team duo of commentaries that they're going to the most. And did you notice the entrance that they never showed anyone come down, but it was still there, how the entrance was to the ring? I did not. It was the WCW New Japan style where it's right there at the ring level. 
level so you don't have to step up. Ooh. Yeah, I saw that on hard camera a couple of times, even though we didn't get to watch anybody go down it, nor did anybody ever fight on it like they used to do all the time in WCW. Very neat. Did not notice that. Good out of there, sir. Yes, you'll notice it coming out that go to that same arena a couple of times. So for match highlights, I really don't have too many. Did you get anything? The only thing I got really out of the match is we learned that Rocky Johnson had a chance to do boxing instead of wrestling, but luckily he chose wrestling. And the only reason why we have the victory from Nikolai Volkov is Rocky Johnson's fast feet action actually went against him. Ali Shuffle. <laughs> and called him on the top rope with a hangman is what they referred to, but it's actually picked him up, dropped him on the top rope by his throat and pinned him. And that, that got Volkov the victory. That's what I got as well. Hangman for the win. I'll let you talk about the next segment because I got no words to describe it. <laughs> the oldest wrestler fan. I did my damnedest to try to figure out who was dressed up as the oldest man. I didn't get nowhere with it. Um, I tried to Google and I tried to Yahoo, believe it or not. And oh my gosh, that still exists. <laughs> <laughs> Almost went to excite. <laughs> to try Alta Vista. <sighs> I didn't. I was afraid of the pop-ups. But it turns out that Lord Alfred Hayes was sent on a quest to find the world's oldest wrestling fan. And where did he end up? Cut and shoot Texas. Which is a real place. Oh, is it? Yeah. They have weird names in Texas. Send all hate mail to John Burke at tagteampodcast.com. I like Texas. Or Gun Barrel Texas or Elephant Butt Texas. Send it there as well because you have weird names in Texas. <laughs> Pronounce it boot, but it's butt. I know what it is. Boot. So they Canadian. <laughs> Yeah, all of a sudden they are when it comes to elephant boots. Yeah, whatever, but... Okay, that's what you get when you send them Texans up there to Canada. (laughs) (laughs) So we learned that his favorite wrestler was the Swedish Angel. True wrestler. Never heard of him? Oh, he's weird looking. We'll put a picture up there on Facebook. Sweet. And also it turns out that back in the 1800s is how all the wrestling holes were named. Looks like it's where they originated from. Yeah, I not find anything on that. Yeah, that's all I got on that one. I wasn't very impressed. I was expecting the real old man to come out there, not some hillbilly and some fake eyebrows and yeah, the fake beard. The funniest part was probably the beginning. That's the only part that got a crack out of me was he tried to get up there and he's like, help me lord! Help me lord! <laughs> Vince had to say, lord, out for days. Help him up. <laughs> I didn't like it. He just kept on walking by the stage. Yeah. Like he didn't know where he was. We'll have to figure out who he is though. I imagine it's probably just some stage person we'll never be able to figure it out. Oh, we have to figure it out. Just like the shocker. we have to figure it out. <laughs> Talks about some fake female wrestler, Millie Ladd tree. Vince references another one but I, I didn't find out anything on that one either. I imagine the one Vince references exists but if you guys want to save yourself seven minutes it's at the 4204 to 4909. Just skip all the bad variety show comedy and move on to David San Martino talking about his past and why his dad wanted him not to wrestle besides his height. He was next up on set. Glad you got that one because the only thing I got on there is Lou giving him food advice. Yeah, same advice for everyone, pretty much. Watch your carbs, eat a lot of protein, watch matches in the back. Yeah. Change your last name. That was the major that I got from there. The tip he gave San Martino to change your last name. And then from there... We get to see him wrestle. Yes! You? Definitely. Very excited about that. So we get to see Mr. Fuji actually wrestle as well. Take him out of retirement. We need a guy to lose to that has some kind of name. We need a heel. Yeah. You're 70. Come on, Mr. Fuji. You got this. At least they're both about the same height. I think that's why they picked him. I think so, too. Ellsworth wasn't there yet, so... (laughs) 
It was Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary, and I was kind of distracted by Lord Alfred Hayes still writing about Brutus in this match. Yeah, we're going to have another situation where the commentators just kind of go off and forget that they're supposed to be commentating the match. Well, there were some pretty good spots there in the match. We start the match off, and we see Fuji on the mat. I think San Martino had him in a hold when we first get there, and we see that Fuji uses a low blow to get out of the submission move. Totally legal. Fuji love American suffer. Just remember that. Yep. And we see that he also drops his head into Dave's groin area as well. So just to top that on. And I believe while Fuji had David in the corner, somebody was yelling maybe a Chinese order. <laughs> maybe they were putting orders out there. Because I heard someone yell egg roll. Yes. I too heard someone yell egg rolls, even though Mr. Fuji's from Hawaii people. But yeah, they were making their orders, I guess. But that did remind Gorilla Monsoon for some good jabs at Mr. Fuji as well. Scoops a leg to get a little momentum going. Slow down the Oriental monster, if you can. (laughs) Oriental monster. Come on, man. Can't be saying that. Godzilla. Is that what he was meaning? Godzilla? I don't know, man. To me, only rugs are oriental, not people. We need to come out of your cave. (laughs) (laughs) So for the finish, I got Sloppy Small Cradle by David for the victory. Yep, small package because they're both small. (laughs) Not bad for a big guy, though, to pull up that sloppy... as green as he was it wasn't horrible i mean it was no stone cold getting dropped on his head than having to roll up owen harp it was pretty close <laughs> the man couldn't move his arms come on yeah at least he had a reason for the sloppy work there's another one <laughs> getting in the sloppy finishes that would be flare vader starcade 1993 flare grabs vader's leg like a child hanging on for dear life upends him puts his legs up and gets the pin but it's the <laughs> sloppiest thing you've ever seen and it's notoriously bad this was on a pay-per-view People paid money for this finish. I feel sorry for the fans there in Charlotte. Oh, yeah. The whole match was about 27 minutes. We'll put a link up there on Facebook. If you want to watch the whole match knowing the crappy finish, feel free. Or if you just want to watch the crappy finish, we'll put it up there for you. Next up, Blackjack Mulligan or Barry's dad. Basically, he prays all the heels, even though he's a face, but he sings all their praise, talking about how big and bad they are and what good wrestlers they are. That's what I got out of that little segment. What else did you find? interesting. Well, you missed the most important part of the segment. The Continental Cowboys, the band, the ensemble that he had. Piper, eat your heart out. That's all I'm saying. The band that he had to come out to. Yeah, we didn't get to hear much the first time on them, but yeah, they'll play a part in the second for sure. We learned that he is a true American Texas, and that he has the chic in mind that he'd like to wrestle, and he has one hell of a bladed forehead. <laughs> Not sure what happened there. (laughs) Wrestlers always have scar tissue. Never heals. They don't have time to. He's rough. And we also learned that he's not fond of managers. He does not like Bobby the Brain Heaton or Lou Albano. I believe we learned as well on that one that he's wanting to do his own Piper's Pit. He wants to actually have an intelligent interview and maybe some locker room interviews. Blackjack Mulligan's Barbecue. I should have Googled that to see if it existed in Texas because it sounds delicious. Yes. And then after that, I believe we cut to a match with Black Jack Mulligan versus my favorite punch-out opponent, Ted Grizzly. Good old Ted. Yep, he's back. 
back. They talk about his height in the match as it progresses with Jack Reynolds and Moscow again. They say he's probably 6'9 or 6'10, even though we just got done with an interview that Blackjack said he was 6'7. So maybe he grew or maybe they just count differently in Canada than we do here. In Canadian, he's 6'9. I think it's his boots. Yeah, he might have those Jericho cane boots on that make him two inches taller. Definitely. And I do have a link to the bear hugger, my favorite punch out guy for this. <laughs> so everybody can see the evolution. Nice. I did notice him and Barry were wearing the same boots. Speaking of boots, I wonder if they had to change them out, same pair, or if they both got matching boots. Oh, they probably got boots from the same person. I think it's the same. Hey, Barry, give me your boots. I gotta go wrestle. All right, just bring them back. Come on, Dad. I'll spit in them this time. <laughs> And I didn't have too much as far as the match goes. Didn't really wow me. He's dominant for the most part of it. Do you have anything kind of stuck out? That obviously in 1984, most of the wrestlers did not have established finishers. He just does a shoulder block for the win. All you need, keep it simple. Yeah, back then, got five or six guys that do the claw, four or five that do a flying elbow or an elbow drop. So yeah, who cares? It beats a running bulldog, right? <laughs> Yeah. Trying to outstage dad. I ain't good. (laughs) But with the flying shoulder block, Mulligan does get the win. And then I believe they cut to break from that. Yeah, we go get some Continental Cowboys skin. Yeah. I wonder if this is the actual music. That's why I like finding the original on YouTube. See what they're actually playing. Or was it actually music with no words whatsoever? Well, from my knowledge of bluegrass, that's actually true music. They just play. They don't really have a singer. I'd like to think that first thing that Blackjack came out to had some words because they only played the tail end of that. They call that the, the mulligan entrance. Name of that song. Yeah. <laughs> so we do come back and there is a square dancing demonstration going on. Can't have a TNT without some dancing. Got and I did take note in this. People dancing. That's all I got. Yeah, some of them looked underage. That was kind of weird for some of the other segments where they had dancing. <laughs> Bringing it PG. For sure. After that, they come back to the set and he speaks to Black Jack about him being on Piper's Pit. Yeah, plugging his own talk show Blackjack Barbecue. And I believe it cues to the uh, actual incident of, I believe that was SD Jones originally in the chair. Is that right? Talking with Piper? Yeah, he made his TNT appearance for all of 30 seconds. <laughs> That's 30 seconds, me and you don't have, so I give it to him. <laughs> I don't hate on the man. There's quite some language being used in that promo, too. He calls Piper a bald ear pole cat. <laughs> Words. I don't know if you were going to beep that out, so I was going to Nah, we can say bold. In that order? Yeah, I think that's fine. Now, if we would have mm. said it in reverse, then yeah, I would have had to beep it, because yeah, you can't say cat, pole, ear, Good point. I can't do that. But pretty much that segment, like Jack tells Piper, he's tired of the way he's running things, the way he's never given any of his guests a chance to speak, and he's going to do his own Piper's hit. And, by the way, Adrian Adonis, amazing. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. Just say it. Yeah, he tells him that he wants to do his style interview where he gives the other side a chance to tell their story. Fair and balanced. Blackjack Mulligan. And next we get to start off with some bull riding. And Vince originally asked the Lord if he would want to ride this mechanical bull. And Alfred replies, he's not sure, but he does know that his great uncle has something of this sort, but is actually used as torture. And they all giggle. <laughs> And Blackjack Mulligan says that this is the Reverend Black, not a black reverend, the Reverend Black mechanical bull. And he says this is used in West Texas for the professional cowboys to train on. And Blackjack Mulligan does train on this as well when he's not in the ring or training for an event. And we do have a gif of this. Facebook. 
After that, they eventually talk Vince McMahon into writing the Mechanical Bull. Yes, this is something you have to get on our Facebook page to view. It is something to be viewed, to say the least. I also tweeted at Vince McMahon with this little gif. He did not reply, along with my postcard. Man has no dignity. I'm just asking just for five seconds of your time. Although right now you're working out because it's early. <laughs> Anyways. So next up, we move to the advice for the lovelorn. And who else better for this segment? The guy that doesn't ever leave. Captain Lou Albano. Question one states, my husband is from the old world. We don't know what that means, old world. Husband refuses to wear deodorant. And now there is an odor cloud that follows him around. What should she do? Answer. Lou Albano says that you shouldn't shun people for not wearing deodorant. Some people are allergic to deodorant. What you really need to do is get some rubbing alcohol, some olive oil, and some witch hazel, and apply as needed. That should take care of the cloud of odor running around. How well, I don't know. So it didn't have to go under the arm, just trim the hair, and that would be all. I agree. I'm going to try that tomorrow. Vince was a little curious on how he knew that, though. <laughs> but they move on. Definitely. Question number two. My husband is fat. Many people see him as obese. And she says that there is a guide out there that is titled Fat Person's Guide to Ecstasy. Have we ever heard of this? Tell you what, the internet has I didn't see that book. <laughs> I couldn't find anything myself. How did Lou reply to this? Do you know about such a guide, Mr. Albano? Well, first of all, I don't really appreciate fat people, so let me tell your husband this. He better get on the ball and try to get that weight down because you don't want to damage the uh, vascular, the pulmonary artery, or so forth. And my best Mr. advice Albano, would be excuse to... Excuse me, but before you refer to... How would you categorize yourself? I don't call that fat. That's only muscle. I mean, you don't realize the uh, muscle uh, toning in that. So let's not... It's merely an optical illusion. Well, are you aware of the Fat Person's Guide to Estesi? Yes, I've heard about the Fat Person's Guide. and uh, Who wrote that? Uh, you, it was wrote by Rodney Eastgaven and uh, Dr. Popufnik in California, a very eminent psychologist and gynecologist. He well, what, wrote what this sort of uh, for advice? women and men, and the advice he gives uh, is to follow a low-carbohydrate diet. In other words, try to keep under 20 grams of carbohydrate a day. Well, Basically, go ahead, McMahon. I think the guide, if in fact this lady, she's asking for, she's not asking for nutritional advice here. Right. She's asking for a guide, I would assume, with, with the fat people to, uh, to enjoy themselves a little bit more. Well, you can enjoy yourself. I mean, you can look at yourself, look at yourself as a great person. In other words, fat is not all bad, you know? In other words, there's some fat people out there, I know a few, that are still not bad people. I mean, of course, I don't like fat, but there are fat people that are okay. So, you know, all them fat mamas out there, they love me, you know, don't feel bad, I'm not making fun of you. Now, look at yourself, get in the mirror, strip down, look into the mirror and say, hey, I feel great. <laughs> I used to do that when I was fat, but now let me tell you, also, you've got to know, you've got to get on a nutritional deal. You can eat all you want, anything you want, but Mr. only Albano. swallow half. Remember that. Okay, thank you. Great advice. Eat all you want, swallow half. Good advice coming from somebody that eats everything and swallows everything. Great advice. Question number three. My husband always wears cowboy boots all the time. Never takes them off. What can I do? And I believe she was referring to the stench that is in the cowboy boots when and if they do come off. Lou says, and he's deodorant. And Vince says, well, I don't think that's what she's referring to. I think she's referring to his feet. And Lou Albano responds, his husband must be a 
heavyweight must have athlete's foot needs to walk into a bathtub full of alcohol get those germs kill all that out of the way and he like i does not want to be around the day those boots come off a bad time for everybody and next we move on to paul orndorff review this is our multi-video segment of mr wonderful paul orndorff first up which usually hints at things to come well we can't say we're not a spoiler but usually it does just going off our episodes what i've seen first we have paul versus mr mcgraw had to make that round quick draw mcgraw and it looks like it was a jobber match because wasn't much to it it was in progress and we have wonderful paul orndorff wins with a pile driver yep and only vince wanted to call it couldn't find anybody to tag team with them to call the match and then the next match we have paul orndorff versus bob wayne with good old jack and angelo mosco the tag team of this episode doing the announcing they couldn't find too much on bob wayne i tried to find a little bit of information couldn't find too much on him and then obviously he was doing his job <laughs> And we see that Paul Orndorff wins the victory with the same way as he beat McGraw with a pile driver. And he pulled a... You finisher. He pulled a Vince McMahon shaking as he's taking a Stone Cold Stunner. So we don't know if he didn't land correctly or he wasn't ready for it. But he was shaking worse than Michael J. Fox on a bad day. This was the second match where someone just comes out and steals the mic. Out comes Bobby Heaton, takes the mic, starts going on a rant. He had purpose. Introduce himself to the Canadian fans up north, I guess. There, gotta get out there. Since that's how we started with match one, that's how we should end with another manager stealing the microphone to make the episode has come full circle. Oh yeah, and that rounds up the episode, unless you got anything else. I have nothing. And it is listed on my itinerary for this episode that there was supposed to be a WWF 1985 calendar commercial. I did not see this. I want to know where to get my calendar. Hmm, you got a better itinerary than I did. I'll link you offline. I did find a newer reference. Awesome. Oh yeah. I was ready for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you noticed? I noticed an underlining theme that Ooh. was hidden but then also wasn't that hidden from most of the guests that were on there. They were all related for the most part. I should say most of the new guests. So we got the TNT episode 14 family tree. I'll put this out there on Facebook. Oh, snap. We got Blackjack, who has three kids. Kendall Wyndham, who wasn't on this episode, but he was part of the West Texas Rednecks, if anyone remembers that from late WCW days. We got Barry Wyndham, and we got daughter Stacy Wyndham. And why does she matter? Well, she marries Mike Rotunda, so they are brother-in-laws. And then, of course, Mike Rotunda. This tree, we got Bo Dallas, Bray Wyatt, and he has a daughter named Mika Rotunda, who I think's a wrestler, but I'm not 100%. Look at you go with this fancy family tree. Yeah, man, you gotta do your homework, dude. <laughs> Well, I failed this one. That was a pain in the butt to make, I tell you what. That was awesome. Why couldn't someone just have one of these out there? It would save me a lot of time. <laughs> if you put copyright tag team podcast, maybe we get royalties if anybody uses it. There we go. <laughs> this is what I did in my productive off time. This was my productiveness. You have me beat productivity. You know, at the beginning, I thought, yeah, I got him. Nope. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> when you see this, he beat me hands down. People will be wanting to get tattoos left <laughs> and right. That's right. Definitely. Don't he, Bobby Bass, look like... 
Ole Anderson? Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like you'd be part of an Anderson. We'll just call him something Anderson. He's their nephew or something like that. I like how some of the shots of the crowd, some of the people didn't even notice the camera was on them. Like, I captured that and put that on there. I got one screenshot. I think four people are looking at the camera. Everyone else is looking somewhere else. Like, awesome camera work. See, number 29's in the game. Yep. He knows where to look. Right. Ah, Sweetest Angel. Sweetest Angel was basically the same disease that Andre had. So I'm not sure how tall he got. I don't think I could actually find a height, but yeah, he had giantism. So he was pretty tall for his day. Nice. Now we have the bluegrass roundup. Yep. Continental TNT dancing again. Awesome. All those should be on our Facebook with screen caps, along with the good old stealing of microphones that went down. Thievery. Yeah. Something about those. Gill managers and heel wrestlers stealing mics from poor Canadians. Can we Photoshop this photo you have of Greg Valentine as if he's going to sing a Bon Jovi song? <laughs> Possibility. Probably put him on stage somewhere <laughs> in a karaoke bar. Photoshop him with Paul and the doing a duet together. I don't know if I can Photoshop some flowers in Bobby Heenan's hands. I think we could use these two. <laughs> see what we can do. <laughs> All right. Now for our next segment, I thought it'd be neat to go through something we had on the list anyway, but I figured I would fall in here with it. It is called What is Historical? And this will be for November 13th, 1984. It'll be a quick segment here. We have Ryan Sandberg wins the National League MVP award. And I was educated by Mr. Burke that Ryan Sandberg played as a second baseman for the Chicago Cubs. He won that award in 1980. 84. That was a notable. Also, we had a famous death. It was Dorothy Arnold. She was an actress. She played in movies such as The House of Fear and Phantom Creeps. She dies at 66. And I will link a Dorothy Has Disappeared on our Facebook page as well. So you can read some information on the mysterious disappearance of Dorothy Arnold. Also, some fun facts. Wham! Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go was number one. Along with Prince Purple Rain coming in at number two in the USA and top five songs for the UK Chaka Khan and Jim Diamond I should have known better Wham Freedom Duran Duran The Wild Boys and Laimala The Never Ending Story Is that from The Never Ending Story? Um I don't think so I believe that is an album oh. that he had Cause yeah that song was pretty stupid Yes I think the whole song was just the never-ending story. Just repeat that. Could be wrong. It's fine. Send your hate mail to... <laughs> Vince McMahon at www.com. Give me back my postcard. Show me postage, son of a... Next week. Next week, we have Mr. USA. I'm posing. Tony Atlas. Mr. Wonderful. Paul Orndorff. And Mr. Spoiler, aka The Spoiler, will be joining the show. So all newcomers to the TNT set, but not to the ring. Should be a interesting watch, probably, hopefully, maybe. I look forward to it, if anything. It's time to get some food on, so I look forward to that it's was dancing this week so it's food next week that's how we go let's food it i'm good there we go but speaking of food what do you want you keep touching my leg that was the tag team podcast episode 14 november 13th 1984 be sure to download tell your friends tell your family tell your friends of your family tell your family's friends to download 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 thank you for listening to the tag team podcast 
Join Jeff and John next week as they continue to break down WWF Tuesday Night Titans. Turn off the lights, the party's over. That's it.